Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. The number is toll free at 1-866-405-8405. To Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Villani, and animal communicator Joy Turner. All here for you today. A great interview. A couple of interviews coming up, I believe. We're going to talk to the author of Unlikely Loves. And uh, you've seen these. I'm sure if you have a Facebook page, pictures posted of one weird interspecies relationship, like a dog and uh, perhaps a ferret getting along or something like that. She's actually put together a book, Jennifer Holland, called Unlikely Loves. And we'll talk to her in just a few minutes. We'll also have giveaways of the book. Also going to talk to a veterinarian, a jet set concierge vet who travels on private airplanes as a veterinarian across the... Would you like to do that? I bet, Dr. Debbie, that you would love a job fun. like that. You know what? I don't know. I, it might be interesting. I once did uh, pet sitting for a family. Um, they had, at my request, they wanted a veterinarian to pet sit. So I can understand the special needs people have and uh, the concerns with travel, definitely. Well, she'll be on the show in just a couple of minutes. Let's take care of your phone calls first. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I'm sorry, Stacy. Did I forget you? Important news. What? Well, coming up, we're going to talk about the jerky treats that are getting all these dogs sick. You know, finally, the FDA is taking notice of this. People have been complaining for such a long time to please regulate things that come in from out of the country for our pets, and I think they're finally going to do it. But I'll give you more details coming up. On Animal Radio News. Well, this is very exciting with the FDA getting their hands involved. You know, I always say, less government, the better. But in this particular case... Something needs to be done. So many well, recalls. Yes, sir. I, I just look at the package, and if it says made in the USA, I buy it. And you, if it doesn't, I don't. Here's where you're wrong. Oh, you, yeah. you're wrong. Nope. No, oh, there's what? plenty of things what? made in the USA. A, right. They're sourced from China still. So it not only needs to be made in the USA, it needs to be sourced in the USA. And huh. this is the problem with some of these uh, very American names. Well, they're just putting stamps treats. on their packages made, made in, in the USA. USA. That's not well, true. I th- how can they do that if it's not made here? How can they do that? Well, they they, they get, can. They get the product from other countries, but then they compile it and make it here. Look at the fine print and be yes. very, very careful, especially with the jerky treats. Yes. A lot of trouble. And the bottom, you know, the bottom line is that jerky is a treat, so no dog is going to suffer if we don't feed them these products. We can find alternate products that aren't implicated, so that would be my recommendation. Just look for another treat style and stay away from these things. So I get all my treats at Costco. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yep. Is that bad? Yep. That's bad. That's the, that's where the bad stuff is. Check it out. Yep. Well, no, they're not the only ones. I, you know, it's ironic. I actually just the other day had um, one of the worst dogs that I had affected by the uh, jerky recall, and she came in, and at the time her family was feeding her half a bag of jerky treats a day. Jeez. Is it called jerky? Is that what it's called? Because the stuff that I got smells like jerky, but I don't think it's called jerky. It I don't doesn't have to be just. Jerky. You can be. There's parts that are made out of like uh, sweet potatoes, fruit. Um, some are even mm-hmm. in meatball form. But this patient that I had, she she went into acute renal failure after eating this. You know, she wouldn't eat regular dog food, so her family was feeding this to her. And fortunately, I just saw her. You know, the other day, and she's made a wonderful recovery. But she's always going to be on the watch. You know, you, you just got to watch those kidneys. Oh my gosh! Yeah, gotta, I'm sorry. 
Alan, you got to get rid of those treats. Get rid of them right now. We'll get you some good safe said, treats. I thought I was safe because it says made in the USA. Oh, one one of the just. treats says made in China, and I I wouldn't buy that. Mm-hmm. And then the other one says made in the USA, and I bought that, and I give them like one a day. I'm sorry. You know. Well, don't Read do that. We, we got some good stuff for you yeah. in the closet, in the prize closet, some stuff we don't fill <laughs> or need. <laughs> you don't give me nothing. You guys don't give me nothing. You keep it locked. It's always locked. I'll tell you why we keep it locked, because you could start a fire. You could cause trouble, and that's exactly what happened in Wanachi. Washington. Fire officials say a dog reaching for treats turned on a stove and started a fire causing smoke damage to an apartment. Uh, apparently, no. yes. It's Wenatchee. Is it Wenatchee? I have no idea. You know these. <laughs> you know all of these. Whisk- and I should make sure I get it correct for you folks listening in Wausau, which I pronounced incorrectly a couple of weeks ago. Sorry about that. Back to Wen- Wenatchee. What is it? Wenatchee? Wenatchee. Wenatchee. Wenatchee Fire Marshal Mark Yapel says the little black Labrador was reaching for the bag of dog food left on the stovetop, not a good place to leave your food, when it accidentally turned on the stove with its paw. The good thing, nobody was home at the time. The fire department got there, rescued the dog, gave him mouth-to-snout resuscitation. Damage was estimated at $10,000. Wow. Wow. And you know what? The lesson of the story here is it's a Labrador. (laughs) You can't underestimate those guys, those noses. They get into everything. Do you see more Labradors at the office than any other place? Absolutely. And my own have been offenders. Chocolate toxicities, foreign bodies, uh, rocks, you name it. Yeah. Labradors are naughty. This story comes out of Moldova. A cat has been busted for smuggling pot into prison. Apparently, guards became suspicious about the feline, which routinely entered and left the prison through a hole in the fence. They noticed on his collar a couple of packets of pot attached to it. And apparently, not the first time in June, guards caught the cat carrying cell phones and uh, chargers taped to its body. Oh, boy. And so why didn't they bust them then? Yeah, they let the cat out. Let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll bet you it took years for them to catch the cat. They make it sound like, oh, we're so smart. We were observing. It probably took them like three years. At least. Was going on. Hey, Jermaine. Hey, how are you guys? Good. How are you doing Super. today? Well, I'm well. I have a question regarding um, domesticated and wild cats. Are they able to mate? Are they able, biology-wise, able to mate? Well, I, you know, okay, are they able to mate and produce a litter? It is conceivable. Now, when you're talking about wild cats, are you talking about things like lynxes or bobcats, right. things like that? Yes, it's, it is certainly possible. However, I kind of would term that a de- dangerous liaison, if I could, um, because your average uh, wild cat and domestic cat, if they meet up, it's not going to be a good outcome for the domestic cat, unless we're dealing with you know human intervention or cats that have been kind of raised in uh, different environments uh, where they're used to human handling. But yeah, it is, it's certainly possible, and there are a lot of breeds out there that are actually new exotic cat breeds, where they kind of breed a... Uh, semi-wild uh, cat into that of a domestic short hair. So it is possible. Why do you ask? i got to ask. Well, I had a, a cat show up on my deck, and uh, at first I thought it was a wild thing, and uh, he has a bob tail, but then oh. I discovered he's neutered, <laughs> and uh, he's declawed as well. He's okay. huge. He is huge, and uh-huh. uh, he's got this bob tail. He has no tufts. He's got, like, rabbit fur and a black stripe down his spine. Uh-huh. Sure he's oh. not a skunk. Oh, I guess that would be a white, yeah, really. white skunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as you know, the skunks and the cats don't breed, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> thankfully. 
You know, a lot of these hybrid breeds, um, that's, you know, some of the look they're going for is something that looks and retains the look of the wild cat and has the size and the, you know, cuteness of the house cat. So I'm not a huge fan of hybrid cats. Um, now, equally, we see some very huge domestic cats out there, um, you know, just in the Maine Coons, as well as the Norwegian Mountain Cats. Both of those breeds of cat can get around 25 pounds. So they can be a pretty sizable kitty and just be a regular old domestic house cat. So um, I'd be curious to know, though, um, and even if you could catch a picture of this kitty, I'd love to take a look because there are some breeds like the Pixie Bob, which is basically a bobcat mixed with a domestic short hair, and uh, they kind of have a little bit of a bobcat kind of look about them, and they're kind of interesting. So, yeah, if you get a picture, I'd yeah, love, to, I'd love see. to see that, too. And have to say, if he is, you know, a hybrid breed, um, one of the first things I'd say is I'd check him for a microchip because some of the hybrid breeds could go up to five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars so they are not a cheap pet and if someone lost them they would be looking very dearly for them right right and we will we'll hunt for chip and uh we'll find out exactly what he is and i will try to get a photograph of him for y'all that would be great we'd love to see it thanks so much for your call today jermaine by the way welcome anybody that wants to email us with pictures or questions your voice at animalradio.com For dogs, like people, arthritis is the most common health problem, and joints are stressed even more with increased activity in summer. FlexRx is a new way to safely and effectively treat canine joint health problems. All-natural FlexRx doesn't mask symptoms like other products. It's clinically proven to restore healthy joint function. With FlexRx, your dogs can enjoy an improved quality of life they've earned and deserve. FlexRx is available at Pet Supplies Plus or visit ProLabsPets.com. Hi, I'm Dick Van Patten. And I'm Jimmy Van Patten. And we're here to talk to you about our new line of alpha grain-free dog and cat formulas. We've been the leaders in grain-free nutrition with our LID formulas before grain-free became a trend. Our new grain-free alpha formulas combine multiple high-quality proteins at balanced levels with unique fruits and vegetables for vitamins and antioxidants. For more information on alpha and all of my dog and cat food formulas, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Don't you just hate paying for things you don't need? Man, I do. And that's why I'm here to tell you about PennyBackup.com. We all know about those big companies that allow us to back up computer files and data to a safe place on the web, and that's great. But what makes me crazy is that they make me pay for gigabytes of storage that I don't need. PennyBackup.com is here to the rescue with the same features, the same data protection, the same services, but you pay only 8.9 cents for every gigabyte used. Heck, that's less than a dime per gigabyte. PennyBackup.com continually backs up your data and files, and if your computer gets stepped on by an elephant or your hard drive crashes, you'll be able to download all of your important data to a new computer immediately. And PennyBackup.com is as safe as the other guys. It just costs a lot less at 8.9 cents per gigabyte. Want more proof? Go to PennyBackup.com for a free 30-day trial and see for yourself. See how much money you'll save for no loss of service or security. It's PennyBackup.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Raven, don't talk about her like that. What? <laughs> I think he doubled up on his Prozac today. Something weird is happening, Doc. I'm He's talking doctor. to these other beings. I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing Ray Romano's brother. You know, Brad, what's his face? The Raven, Raven. Hey, Maggie, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. And yourself? Really, really good, especially now that you're here. I love oh, it. Oh, thank you. Cheery little voice. Where is it calling from? 
Los Angeles. The L.A. area. So what's going yes. on? What, what's your problem? Well, I have a female German Shepherd, adorable, really good, sweet. She's a little bit, uh, I would say, timid, and um, she's been smaller than her brothers because I know uh, the people who adopted her, two other brothers, and they tend to be bigger. But she's kind of the smaller build, smaller head, and I don't know why she has a tendency. She sleeps in the house at night. I have another dog. He's a golden retriever, which is like the most perfect dog I have ever had. And she will pee on her bed, and okay. I don't know why. It's not one time or, you know, it's not just only once. I, I put down the little pads for her to go if she needs to. No, she chooses the bed. Are you seeing her go urinate in the bed, or is this happening kind of overnight? It's overnight. Hmm. Okay. Well, for me, and I'll tell you, as the, the medical representative of the group, if I hear of a female dog having a urinary problem when it's occurring not during wakeful hours, then I I think we really need to look at the possibility that she could have some kind of continence problem. There's a lot of reasons why a dog is going to um, leak urine, just as there's a lot of reasons why they might have urine accidents. So we have to get a good handle on that. That's the first thing. So when you go to your veterinarian and you say, my dog's having accidents, we're going to ask you all these questions. We're going to ask you, is it when it, your pet is awake or asleep? Are they doing it in your presence? Do you notice them voiding outside and having any difficulties or going any frequency going outdoors. And those all kind of help paint a picture uh, to the veterinarian on what kind of potential causes we might have. Um, so are you having any of those other issues of uh, frequency going outside, anything like that? She doesn't go frequently. She just goes normal like my other dog. Um, there's no problem there. The only thing I can think of from what observing her is basically that she might have a smaller bladder because... Um, if I take her out to your nape before coming in, she's okay. She won't do it at night. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking a short amount of time, like maybe six hours, and then she won't okay. do it. Then sometimes, even when I tell her right before she's coming in, she won't go because she doesn't have the, you know, the need to go. But mm-hmm. she'll come in, and sometimes she does it, sometimes she doesn't. So it's not like all the time. I don't think it's incontinence. Um, well, I, w- I would say that, you know, this is going to be something you're going to have to work with your veterinarian because okay. without, if you're going to try to solve this problem on a training front and it's really not solely a behavioral problem, then we're going to put your doggy through a lot of training and frustration on both of your part and your doggy's part. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure medical things are rolled out and then I'll let Alan take, kind of take his crack at things here. But for yeah, me, it so really, sweet. oh, thanks. <laughs> but, but this is a very common problem in female dogs. And so it is something we need to be aware of. And if it's okay. only happening in the places when she's lying down or it's the positional thing when she's getting up and if you see little dripples come down, that would be a hallmark for a urinary incontinence. So that would the things we do to kind of check that out would be checking a urine sample, checking mm-hmm. a physical exam where we actually check the, the genitalia to see if there's any kind of predisposing things going on there. And then sometimes even getting an x-ray in the lower, um, in the abdomen area. Okay. Um, but there are a lot of dogs that have this type of problem. And I should ask, is she spayed? or unspayed? 
No, she's spayed. She's spayed. Okay. Because um, it does tend to happen a bit more in spayed females. Um, okay. But there are medications. If we if we feel it's that direction and that's what we've got going on, there's some very useful medicines, some that help with the control of the bladder, um, the sphincter of the bladder, if you will, um, uh, called PPA. And then there's also estrogen-based compounds that uh, can help with urinary continence. So really depends on the pet, what all we're looking at. Um, but I- I'll say before Alan gets started, I don't like the idea of those potty pads. I think that's confusing things. So Very confusing. Very bad. Okay, good. That's good to know because I don't like them either. <laughs> Hey, um, I have a question. I noticed a lot of things. I, I, uh, I, uh, a lot of things you said uh, were really key for me. And like Dr. Debbie said, first make sure there's nothing medically wrong with your dog. Uh, first thing is, how do you know it's her doing it? If you if you don't see it, how do you know it's her doing it? Because you have other dogs. Well, my one dog, he's three years older than she is, so I've had him since he was a puppy. He has never, ever, ever done anything in the house since then. You know, and. She has a guilty look on her face. <laughs> well, see, the guilty look on her face, this is, again, uh, what you've told me uh, when you first started speaking is what you've told me is that you have an insecure dog, really insecure, anxious yes, little dog. Yes. And and you kind of baby your dog, too, because that's what human beings do. And the thing that you just said about the guilty look on her face also tells me a lot. Because okay. the reason why dogs have guilty looks on their faces is not because they peed in your house. It's because they can tell from your body language that you're not happy with them. They have no idea why you're not happy with them, because unless you catch them in the act, they don't know what it is they're doing You know that you don't like. That's wrong. So usually when people think, oh, she knows what she did. She's got that guilty look on her face no they're looking at you they can tell you're not pleased they can tell from your words your body language oh she's she's upset and so they get that look on their face so how much pee does she do on her on her little bed is it a lot is it a little what is it you know it gets absorbed because it's one of those pad like uh those big square beds um, and do you clean it do you clean it up with a like a really good enzyme cleaner to take the scent out how do you clean that uh, I've been using vinegar, and I do use one because it's I can remove the cover. You got to use an enzyme cleaner because you know, like uh, some people use ammonia or they use vinegar. It doesn't really get rid of the scent, so the dog will keep going in that exact spot. You know, okay. over and over again. So you got to get rid of the scent. But the other thing that you got to do, if there's no medical problem, is you have to give your dog confidence because your dog is around all those other dogs, and that bed is hers. You know, she's marking it, most likely that's marking what, what it. My till... gut feeling was. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I thought that that's, that's my gut feeling. Oh well, she's she's probably just marking it because she's so anxious and she's so insecure that she's marking her little territory, telling the other dogs, "This is mine." You know, stay away. This is mine. It's interesting. An insecure dog will sometimes pee on an owner's shoe because the owner inadvertently walked outside and maybe walked through another dog's scent or stepped on another dog's scent and brings it in the house. And some dogs get really freaked out by any change, like a new piece of furniture or uh, a new person coming in or uh, you moving their bed. Anything can set an insecure dog off. So, I like to try to give dogs confidence, and the way to give a dog confidence, and this is going to be very hard, it is for most people, is you have to stop talking to your dog, and you have to start taking your dog for walks, and you have to start structuring your dog's activities so that every day when you wake up, you put a leash on your dog, you take that dog out by yourself. When that dog goes to the bathroom, good dog. And then lunchtime, you take the dog out. And then dinner time, and then right before bed, you take the dog out, and you cut off the water supply, take the water away too 
too. That way she can't drink and fill her bladder up. And what you're doing is when you take your dogs for walks and you every time she does something good, you go, good dog, you know, you give her confidence. What you don't want to do is scold her or yell at her when she when when you wake up and you find her little bed all, you know, soiled with pee because she doesn't know why you're mad. It doesn't make any sense to her and all it does is freak her out and make her more insecure. What you want to do is, you know, remove her before you even clean it. Don't even let her see you clean it up. Just remove her from the from the scene and clean it up. Use an enzyme cleaner that you can get at the pet store to get the scent totally out. But you want to start giving her a little bit of structure, making her work for things like food, weight, and always rewarding her with praise when she succeeds. And you'll give her confidence over time. And a confident dog usually doesn't have the need to mark territory in the house. They'll mark outside, but they won't mark in the house once they get confidence and once they start being anxious. And it all starts with you. It's always the human that's the teacher and the leader. And you have to remember it takes time, baby steps, that nothing gets fixed overnight with dogs. It takes time to build up confidence in a dog. And you do it with praise and and you do it with as little talk as possible. Whenever she's doing something really good or she does something that she succeeds at, like getting a ball and bringing it back, you just go, good dog, good dog. And as she gets confidence, you'll probably see her start to not do what she's doing, barring that there's no medical problem. But it takes time. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for your call, Maggie. Okay. Thank you. You can call anytime. Toll free. It's one 405 8405 I love it how dogs are never bad. Like if you, if a dog has a good behavior record, they're never the bad one. They're never the violent. Yeah, that's it. See, she doesn't know because she's never seen it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I was gonna tell her, you know, put the little doggy in a crate or something. But I wanted to ask Joy what the dog was named. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. You should. Yeah, I should have. Well, you would have gotten pretty much the same thing. She's actually insecure, and she wants everybody to know that is her bed. That's her bed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. see, that poor lady, she's reinforcing the insecurity, which is another human mistake. Stacy, you got a smile on your face. Well, I've got a story coming up about cancer research, and you know what? It's gone to the dogs in a good way. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. If you like painting and saving, ask Sherwin-Williams and save 40% on paints and stains during our four-day super sale. November 8th through the 11th. With 40% off our great paints and stains and 30% off painting supplies, you can give your whole home a color makeover. But hurry, these savings are so super, they won't be around for long. Find your nearest store at SherwinWilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only, some exclusions apply. See store for details. Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams, here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. Think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! <laughs> I, I was going to say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this tested is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass, responsible. We've talked about Stella and 
Chewy's family of freeze-dried and frozen dinners for dogs. Now we're pleased to share two new exotic dinner additions, Simply Venison and Absolutely Rabbit. Both are made with 90% single-source protein and enhanced with organic fruits and vegetables. Each are fortified with vitamins, minerals, and probiotics to be 100% complete and balanced. Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog. Only the good stuff. For more information, go to StellaAndChewy's.com. Fido-Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, along with health and wellness topics, dog training tips, and the latest fashion trends. Pick up a copy at Barnes & Noble, Hastings, or go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Fido-Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. This has become a really big problem. These jerky treats, meat or plant-based jerky pet treats, have been tied to mysterious illnesses in thousands of dogs, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. They're asking your help. They need help to get to the bottom of the issue. Bernadette Dunham, she's director of the FDA Center for Veterinary Medicine, said in a statement on their website, this is one of the most elusive and mysterious outbreaks they've encountered. Our beloved four-leg companions deserve our best effort, and we're giving it. In some cases, pets have actually become severely ill after they ate the treats. They're sold as jerky tenders or strips made of chicken, duck, sweet potatoes, or dried fruit. Since 2007, about 580 pets have died as a result of the illnesses. The agency said they're not clear why these pets are getting sick. With the outbreak under investigation, the FDA is calling on pet owners. If you've had a problem with your pet, please come forward and let them know what happened. Most of the treats involved in these incidents were made in China. Police in Sweden are investigating an alleged fish slap. According to the local, the victim, a man in his 60s, told the cops that a woman who was also in her 60s broke into his house. She was wielding a mackerel. Well, every every woman does that when they're pissed off. The suspect allegedly woke up from his nap and he was slapped across the face with the fish. Police say the man knows the suspect, who also supposedly uh, stole more than $300 from him. And to top it off, she went in and raided his refrigerator. An Australian woman's blind chicken is still among the living after she performed CPR for more than three hours. How in the world do you do that with a chicken? According to Orange News, Roberta Rappo's pet bird, which her daughter has named Chooky Wookie, was recently blown into the family's backyard pool. Well, they scooped Chooky out of the water, and Roberta started pumping her chest and blowing air down her beak. <laughs> now, while the effort seemed like a lost cause, I don't mean to laugh, I know this is serious, but I just can't imagine somebody doing CPR on a bird, for God's sakes. Roberta says her daughter wouldn't let her stop. Just over three hours later... Roberta was shocked to see the bird hop right back to life. It's a miracle. She says Chooky Wookie even started showing off by quickly laying an egg after she was revived. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. 
Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. If you like painting and saving, ask Sherwin-Williams and save 40% on paints and stains during our four-day super sale, November 8th through the 11th. With 40% off our great paints and stains and 30% off painting supplies, you can give your whole home a color makeover. But hurry, these savings are so super, they won't be around for long. Find your nearest store at sherwinwilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only, some exclusions apply. See store for details. Come on, sweetie. Jump to Dad. I'm not sure, Daddy. The water's cool. There are moments in life that cause us to hesitate. Jump right here. Uh, okay. Here I come. I got you. Good job. I did it. That was fun. But once we take action, we're really glad that we did. If you're thinking about selling your home, don't hesitate. Interest rates are low and buyers are in the market. Every market's different. Call a Realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption. Canine Caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. Hi, this is Elaine Boozer on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Radio. The number is toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Losing my voice, getting that cold that Judy has been sporting all week long. I feel better today. Thank you, Typhoid Mary. <laughs> You're all going to get it in about a week too. Oh yeah, that's, that's nasty one too. Probably sharing the studio. Yeah, you'll get. I don't it. get sick. I don't no, either. I don't get sick. I don't get sick. Germs don't like me. Your germs are like I'm not living in there. Yeah, you're you're a different no. species altogether, Alan. You're uh, I'm like an alley. I'm like the alleyway of people. Germs are like, yeah, I'm not living in that. See, Alan, you 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 broke the golden rule there. The bottom line is 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 you get sick even if you don't get sick. Then you call up Alan and say, I can't come into the hell. Can't sick. come in. Ah. I can't come in. But I love being here, Joey. Why would I do that? I irritate people here. It's fun. You are you're a different kind of animal, and you and me, we're uh, we're an unlikely love. Which brings us <laughs> to Jennifer Hollins joining us with unlikely loves. You've seen this all over your Facebook pages or all over the internet. All these strange interspecies relationships, and uh, Jennifer awesome. has documented them. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me on. A great book. A great pic. You know, I like pictures. That's my favorite kind of book is picture books. <laughs> Everybody likes pictures. And you, you've got all these pictures. Now, did you just put out a solicitation for all these pictures, these stories? How did you compile all these stories of weird interspecies relationships? Oh, they kind of came from a lot of different sources. Um, in part, I looked for pictures and then uh, tried to track down the source 
of the photo or the owners of the animals to find out what you know what really happened here. Is this a real picture? Is this a you know photoshopped picture? Who knows? Well, that's got, that must have been tough. It was. It was logistically very very difficult to find um, the real source, and it's really important to me to get the facts right and make sure that I go back to the original. What, what's the most oddest, strangest combination that you came across? You know, anything with a reptile in it always kind of makes me scratch <laughs> my head. So there's a very cute one of a, a tortoise that kind of joins up with a, a litter of puppies and acts just like the puppies and literally just buries itself in the litter of puppies in the bed and, and runs with the dogs to, to feed out of the same bowl. And it's just it's just so funny because, you know, the reptilian brain, I think, really is a little bit of a different animal than uh, than the mammalian one. So it's a... Uh, always particularly interesting to me when they're involved in these relationships. Do you see any of these stories where they're, the interspecies animals seem to be getting along and then all of a sudden like the snake just eats the rabbit? <laughs> I left those out. <laughs> I, it was kind of a rule of mine that if, if the story ended badly, ultimately I wasn't going to you know, just leave that part out and, and use it anyway. So there were, there were some times when I'd find a picture that looked really sweet and then you know when I looked into it a little further it was questionable what actually happened. Uh-oh. Well, tell us some of those part. stories. There was, a, I think the one that I remember most is a, I think it was a leopard and a mouse. And there's some adorable pictures. You can probably still find them online. And the little caption or the little write-up, um, you know, left it left it hanging that everything was, was fine. Uh-huh. But when I went and got in touch with the photographer, he, he, you know, he didn't really want to say it. But I said, so what, what was the outcome of this? And he sort of hemmed and hawed about it a little bit. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I think that mouse didn't didn't have much time yet to live in the pictures. <laughs> it does happen. It is predator and prey out there. You can't help it. Did you have any stories where there were more than one animal? Like I've seen the picture of the cat that sits on top of the dog with, uh, what was it, a, a squirrel on top of the cat? Yeah, or a bird. Right. Yeah, there are some triples in there. That, that happens a lot more in, in captive situations where people raise a bunch of animals together or in a farm situation. It seems that, that sometimes there will be one animal that everybody else gravitates towards. So you have kind of a paternal or maternal figure in the group and then other animals that, that seem to like hanging around. Is this kind of a new thing because we were bringing these animals together or, or years ago when they were wild? Do you think this kind of thing went on? I think it does. You know, there, there are cases in the wild that people have caught on film. I've tried to gather those when I, when I find them and, and put them in the books, but... Um, you know, I think it probably happens less in the wild just because the animals there are, are struggling to survive. You know, they don't really have the luxury necessarily of being able to, to be less picky. And generally they're looking for food or looking to escape from a predator or something like that. And it just doesn't make as much sense to befriend animals of other species. Mm-hmm. But in captivity, certainly the animals are well taken care of and well fed. Um, and if they grow up with another animal or if they're just looking for companionship, I think it's not that uncommon for them to do this. Is there a plan for a second book, and where can I send my pictures? Uh, actually, a third book. There was um, Unlikely Friendships was the first book, and yes. Unlikely Loves, this one is the second volume. And I am working on a third book um, in the Unlikely series, but it will be a little bit different. And so um, I hope it will sort of add value to the set because it, it just kind of goes in a different direction. So um, Can you tell us? I can't yet. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to stay quiet a little longer. But it'll be out this year. Uh, I'm sorry, this time next year for, for Christmas next year. Well, Alan and I will take a picture of ourselves together. Lick, <laughs> licking each other, we'll send it to you for uh, the next unlikely title. Yeah. Jennifer, this is an awesome book. I'm going to give away 10 copies right now at one 405 8405 toll free. 
And if you're not lucky enough to get through, head on over to Amazon or to your store. If they don't have it, you know what? It's sold out. Yes. Just ask them to order it. They'll get another one. Or head online. You can get anything online these days. Unlikely Loves, 43 Heartwarming True Stories from the Animal Kingdom. The author, Jennifer Holland, joining us. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you so much. We'll head back to the phones next. Why can't, you know... We come up with an idea. I mean, these all these brilliant people we have on here, they all have these ideas, and, and we don't have any. I mean, it's just, what's up with that? What, what? It's not fair. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Good day, Animal Radio lovers. Good day, Animal Radio listeners. It's Vinny Penn, your resident party animal, coming at you with the party animal segment. The next two party animal installments will be about my beloved dog, Cruiser. For longtime listeners of the segment of Animal Radio in general, you know that Cruiser, the mini schnauzer that ran the pen home for over 10 years. Uh, the reason we are doing the Cruiser Chronicles is I was reminded of him twice recently, and both stories are certainly worthy of your attention. Uh, one came up recently due to Halloween, took the kids out uh, trick-or-treating, of course, and really, th- this isn't me trying to be funny. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and they come back with such loot that I really feel like I'm doing them a favor when I eat all of it over the next couple of days while they're uh, at school and daycare. They think I'm being funny when I do it, but really, I don't want them to have that much candy uh, so young. They're not uh, that well-versed at brushing their teeth anyway. But they would come back. My three-year-old in particular, I think, wouldn't notice that so much of his loot was gone. And I I came clean and told them what had happened. And it reminded me of a time when I had gone trick-or-treating. And I came home, and my entire bag of Halloween candy, a lot of loot, and some of the crazy stuff, not just the chocolate, but Skittles and Starbursts, (laughs) every piece of candy in there, sweet tarts, bubble gum. Cruiser, a dog who I don't think ever surpassed the 10-pound mark, had eaten, wrappers included, he had devoured the entire bag. Now, I proceeded to tell people, I was dumbfounded by the fact that this this tiny little animal could eat all that, and he was just hanging around the house. He laid there that night, he was, he was certainly stuffed, and people were saying to me, oh, dogs can't eat chocolate. Uh, chocolate will kill dogs, and to this day, I will tell you, and for any of you listening, uh, no it won't. Um, no, no, it won't. It didn't kill a 10-pound mini schnauzer. Ha <laughs> ha. Pen. Party Animal. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by FlexRx. Like people, as dogs get older, arthritis is the most common problem they face. FlexRx doesn't just mask those symptoms. It restores natural joint function. FlexRx. It is available at Pet Supplies Plus, and you can get a $10 off coupon at our website at AnimalRadio.com, right there from the front page. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father, Joey Villani. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Something came up that... um. 
A lot of groomers um, don't do automatically. So what I want to do is this is almost like it's not a buyer beware, but it's a buyer to ask questions. Now, most groomers will tell you that, um, you know, your dog has a, the obvious, the ear infections or nails need to be cut. But there's other things that you really should know. And basically you should, but sometimes being a pet owner, most a lot of pet owners are a little bit naive. So here's four <laughs> things, four questions that when you go to your professional groomer that you want to know. Number one is you want to know what kind of condition was my dog's ears in. Okay, so when the groomers clean your dog's ears and if there's any sort of slight infection or something that doesn't look right, they can tell you about it. The other thing is is you want to know about your dog's nail care. A lot of people don't realize, you know, I mean, they'll hear the dog walking on the floor and they'll hear the tapping, but they don't realize that maybe the dog is actually walking on his nails, which is something as they get older can actually, um, it can almost cripple a dog. I mean, I've seen dogs because of their nails that really weren't able to walk at all until they were cut all the way back. Should you not hear the uh, tapping? That well, you know, you know what I think. It's, I think people think that it's just normal, but uh-huh. no. When the nails are cut back short enough, how you're not going to hear. You shouldn't Ooh, hear tapping. Okay. If you hear tapping on the floor nine times out of ten, um, they're a little bit too long. Sure. So if 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 you talk to your groomer and say, okay, you know what, what do I need to do to make sure that my dog isn't walking on its nails? They'll be able to tell you how often you need to come in or show you how to do it. And some people like to do it, some people don't. If you don't, it's not something that's really all that expensive in most grooming salons. I've, I've seen anywhere from between 5 and $15. And as long as you're staying on top of it, you're doing it at least once a month, um, you'll be okay. The two other areas that a lot of people never ask about is, number one, is the dog's teeth. Now, teeth... Out of everything that I've spoken about so far, probably the most important for a number of reasons. Number one, we all know that that's the first step of digestion after uh-huh. chew their food. And a dog that has, you know, any type of bad um, teeth or has any type of gum um, um, disease is going to have a problem. The other thing is that infection actually can go through your pet's body. And veterinarians have, have told me that it can diminish their lives anywhere from one to five years, wow. depending on how severe it is. So, I mean, some. Sometimes people say, oh, my dog just has bad breath and don't realize that the dog's teeth are rotting out of its head Mm. and needs to be taken care of. And the last thing that nobody um, talks about is the eyes. Now, I've had pets come in where they actually have had small holes in their eyes because of the hair and the gunk that has been built up around it. Now, if it's taken care of immediately, see, a lot of dogs, especially the flat-faced, dumb, long-haired breeds, Shih Tzu is probably the most common that I've seen where they got a lot of eye build um, good build up because of the um, amount of coat that's there and what happens is it gets trapped to the coat it builds up so what you need to do is you need to take care of that and you could just do that with you know gauze or, or, or a wet um, you know paper towel or rag and wipe it out every day and comb it through if your dog lets you do it and those are the four things that you really really should pay extra attention to talk to your professional groomer they'll walk you through the steps and it's not Nothing that's really all that hard. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Does your dog ignore you? Does he just sit there when you call his name? Well, there's a possibility he doesn't know his name. Seems obvious, but it's not when you think that both of you speak a different language, and a lot of the time, owners combine the dog's name with a command, leaving the dog to think his name could possibly be, Toby, get out of that garbage right now. Experts say dog training for names should start when you first bring the dog home, but 
It's never too late. Teach your dog his name by saying his name and giving him a treat or a toy. His name should always be a positive thing, and experts advise not combining the name when reprimanding him. Within a week, you should get the respect you've been missing from a very attentive dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, my friend. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of those phones, Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Villani, and animal communicator Joy Turner. By the way, I wanted to mention that if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, our very own Dr. Debbie has a great new book called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, one for each of those breeds, and you could get it over at Kindle, a link's over at AnimalRadio.com. And let's, in fact, go ahead and take a call for her right now. We have Ray on line four. Hey, Ray, where are you calling from today? Los Angeles. Well, welcome to Animal Radio. What's going on? Well, I have a neighbor, and he's a cat hoarder. Um, I hope you're not going to recommend that I contact Animal Services, because I know them, and they know me by sight, and I know who I'm talking to when they answer the phone. Oh, wow, you're on regular terms with them then, huh? Yeah, let me just tell you about the neighbor. Uh, Last year, I took 15 cats to SPCA when they told me don't come back. In the remaining 21 days, I took another 17 cats. So that's 32 cats in a 21-day period. Uh, The neighbor's family acknowledges that he has emotional problems. But I'm mobility impaired. I'm sick of finding, you know, I'm sick of having work done on my house. And the people who are working on my house tracking cat poo into my house because it's all over my yard. I regularly speak to the neighbors, and he'll he'll tell me, but I'm not feeding the cat. And I said, you know, they're scavengers. If you feed them, they will come. Right now I'm dealing with a situation where there's four kittens, three juveniles, and three adults, and I have pictures on my cell phone of him taking food to the cat in his backyard. Mm. Okay. Is he just emotionally disturbed and I'm going to have to get over myself? Well, you know, the thing with hoarding is that it's really a symptom. You know, it's, we would like to address it as a problem, but it is a symptom of um, other issues. So usually folks that do this have something else going on in their life that they're lacking, and this is a way that they find comfort. So um, it, it is definitely something where we need to get some professional help. Um, usually we do turn to animal services as kind of the root to where we start for this. And, and we've dealt with this in, in my area. I've had beloved clients that have had this problem and you cannot fix the problem until the individual accepts that and accepts the mental health that they need. Um, so working with the family members would be one way to come at this if you do not want to go to the animal services. Um, but really, in order to get those animals um, out of those situations, and with hoarding, there are there's so many different things that the animals in those situations are going through. And what I've witnessed is that we've had cats that have had severe respiratory infections to where they've actually had 
changes on their tongues, uh, scabs, yeah, sores not, on their eyes. they're not healthy animals. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, they're all being born with the same defect in their leg, where mm-hmm. the third, the, the rear leg on the right side is crimped in a certain way. I know they're all interrelated. And I even tell him, you're torturing those cats. You're torturing those cats. But to try to work with him is going to be very challenging because these individuals do need professional help. And and I don't know what situations you got going with the animal services, but that would really be, it's one of the ways that we can help find some of the other services that can support us. So animal services, you know, certainly to get those animals spayed and neutered, but also to put you in contact and to put the family into contact with professionals that can help in um, the mental health department. So I know in our area... The health district has some resources for um, uh, free services for mental health, and they'll help put people in touch with other, maybe more professionals and psychiatry um, psychologists um, in those in those ways. But it, it, you're not going to be able to convince him, you know, to do uh, what's right in the situation, and you, you definitely need to use um, those services. Okay, well, I'll start working with the family member then. Yeah, yeah, and, and I got to give. I empathize with, with. She's in a terrible position because you know she doesn't want to make enemies out of the neighbors, and and at the same time she doesn't want to see the cats enemies. suffer. So. We're now all forget about it. We're enemies. Well, <laughs> We're you you have to get you have, enemies. You, you have to get help, ma'am. You can't do it yourself. The problem's not going to go away. Just like Doctor Debbie said, you got to get professionals involved because the problem is never going to go away unless this poor individual gets some help. Okay, we'll start talking to the family members more often, and see if we can move family to, you know, he was hospitalized last year. So mm-hmm. we'll see if we can move the family members to, you know, my favorite credo with this neighbor now is take your meds, but you know. <laughs> Oh no. And, and if I can direct you to a website, um, there is a, 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 a great research body that's been put together. Um, Tufts uh, Veterinary School is one of the uh, organizations involved with it. And there is, um, it's a, called the Hoarding of Animals Research Consortium. And there's some good resources on there that you can look. It has some questions, ways to uh, find resources for intervention, um, and kind of also the public um, aspect of the, the, you know, the health issues with that. So maybe check that out. We wish you the best of luck with that, Ray. one 405 She's in a tough situation there. Hopefully, wow. uh, Can you imagine? Yeah, I know. We had a, it wasn't an animal hoarding, but just a week ago, there was one in uh, a community nearby, and it, they had to truck load out 15 trucks of stuff from this guy's house. Man, and I, I, um, it had been like that for since 2007. They yeah, I feel so bad for them. Well, they got that cable show, Hoarders, and I watch that show, mm-hmm. and I'm just, I feel so bad for those people. I mean, because they know they're sick and they can't help it. Mm-hmm. Not to try to make a joke, but imagine if you were a person who hoarded hoarders. Yeah, that would be. You know who's a big hoarder is Judy. She hoards the prize <laughs> closet and all of the stuff in the prize <laughs> closet. Hey. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friends. This hour, we're going to talk to the veterinarian that travels across the country on private planes, taking care of animals. A great job. Uh, Probably the best job in the world. Sounds pretty cool. She'll be joining us in just a few minutes. We'll be taking your calls toll-free for the doc or the animal communicator, the dog father, 
or the trainer. And uh, Stacy, what are you working on? Well, we have a story coming up of this one family's harrowing event with their chicken that uh, started to drown in the pool. And this woman, seriously, she spent three hours giving the chicken CPR. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. Wow. Is chicken CPR the same as regular CPR, Doc? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just uh, mouth to beak. So, <laughs> wow. But I've never had CPR on a bird last that long. Usually we, they're declared dead long before yeah. that. So that's dedication. That tells that's me she probably yeah. she liked it. <laughs> <laughs> she liked the chicken, you mean. It ends good, and we, we'll hear yeah. about it. In just a few minutes. Another story coming out of Lahui, Hawaii, which is, and I pronounced it right because I used to live there in Kauai, the island of Kauai. A 25-year-old surfer, former boxer, went several rounds with a shark and won. Uh, Jeff Horton punched a shark that bit down on his surfboard. He was able to get away uninjured. He'd been surfing about three hours in when he saw a dark shape approaching his surfboard. The shark clamped down on his surfboard, and he was knocked off and onto the shark. Horton Horton held the fin of the shark with one hand and punched the shark about eight oh. times, finally jamming a knuckle into his eye, and the shark spit out the board and flung Horton into the air. Horton climbed back on the board and paddled to safety there. So there's a... Jeez. You know, it, it, it really wasn't when the shark. It was actually me, and I said I was sorry. And he, he actually had the, the, the purchase of thought to actually say, I'm going to hit him in... Because a lot of people know that if you hit a shark in the face, they'll let go. But Is that for real? I mean, obviously... Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do, is that, you know, you're supposed to stun them in their face. And But I, I'd never think of that. I'd be freaking out. No kidding. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'd be looking for my leg, you know. Did he get it yet? Well, this guy returned back to shore with a semi-circle bite mark in his surfboard, which I'm oh. sure he's showing off. Oh, yeah. This story out of Miami, a man bitten by a rattlesnake while trying to help a stranded turtle cross I-75 in South Florida. As, as uh, Alan will attest to, that's quite a highway. A Miami-Dade fire rescue reports that a man placing the turtle into the grass by the <gasps> side of the road Tuesday afternoon was bit by a diamondback rattlesnake. Whoa. Bit him in his hand. Ooh. He immediately drove to a 24-hour nearby hospital where they treated him with anti-venom. And uh, Tuesday night reported that it was only affecting his left arm and he should have a full recovery there. So. Jeez. Living Good up, Samaritan. Florida, it's like, it's like Australia. I mean, there's, did you see the alligator in front of the Walmart? He was like right in front of the doors there, you know, <laughs> and the people couldn't come. I mean, there's, there's things all over the place there that not only are gross, but they can kill you. I mean, you know, it'd be hard for me to live there. Yeah, no, thank you. Cockroaches the size of VWs. There's like critters there all over the place. You can't you can't go into the woods. You can't go off the the pavement. Ugh, no, thank you. The numbers are toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. For Doctor Debbie, we have a medical question from Leona. Hi, Leona. Welcome to the show. Hi. Where are you calling from today? Bayport, Michigan. Bayport, Michigan. Getting cold up there, I bet, huh? Yes, it is. Okay, we'll send our warmth your way. What's going on with your animal? I have the doc here. Hi. He's like. Hi, he's like eight years old, and he got cataracts in his eye about six months ago. I took him to the vet, and they said the other eye was totally clear. That one was really bad, so he gave me some kind of drops to put in there. Um, uh-huh. Now, it's like six months later, his other eye is just totally cataract. Oh, and the goodness. vet told me it's like $5,000 for surgery. And I was wondering if there was any kind of uh, veterinarian school or anything that would do it at, you know, cheaper cost. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that de- definitely is a very big surgery to have done. Let me ask you also, so you took the baby to the vet. Did they check him for diabetes? Yes, they did. He doesn't okay. have it. Okay, fabulous, because that's one thing we talk about with cataracts when they develop is very commonly, especially in poodles, we can often see them secondary to diabetes, but they can happen on their own, definitely. Um, Now, and how is your doggy getting along with those cataracts? How's his vision and Uh, how's he maneuvering? He's walking into walls and everything. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Okay. And and that's the trick is with cataracts, you know, with some dogs, when it's gradually develops, they can actually maneuver pretty well as long as they don't change their world and change their environment. Um, if they're a little bit more sudden in their onset, then it can be a little bit more of a shock to the system for them to get used to the world that they live in without vision. But, um, you know, there are many dogs that can do wonderful with cataracts and in, in the lack of their vision. So you had asked as far as, you know, cost-wise and if there's a low-cost um, option for that. And um, in Michigan, I you know, I can't say whether a vet school would necessarily be cheaper, um, but they are teaching hospitals, so that, you know, might be something to look into. Um, and I do know that there is a Michigan state <laughs> that you might want to check into. I think it's in East Lansing, Michigan. So, But I certainly couldn't comment whether or not they would offer low-cost surgery. Um, but when you're having this type of surgery done, I think we all have to recognize cataract surgery in dogs is done by board-certified veterinary ophthalmologists. So the average doc like myself can't do this. It takes special equipment, special training. So it does tend to end up being a pretty big ticket item. Um, but that being said, in a specialist's hands, this kind of surgery can be wonderful. And in many cases, I know our local veterinarians that do this, um, you know, 80, 80 to 90% of the dogs have fabulous return to vision. Um, so it, it is, it has its great uh, benefits there. Now, some options you might look into, and they have served us well here in Las Vegas, um, are there, there are some different funds that may be available for your situation. Um, if the ophthalmologist is an AHA certified hospital, they may have the Helping Pets Fund, um, and that is something that you would have to apply to, um, get approved for, um, show financial need, and in many cases that can help offset the cost, or even in some cases cover the costs of some of these surgeries that are kind of a, a one-time big-ticket item. Um, yeah. There's some other funds out there that are called the Pet Fund um, as well as some others. So if you Google that, if you have computer access, there may be some of those options that can help you, um, you know, okay. see if your baby can restore some vision. But if not, Leona, you know, there are a lot of doggies that can do well. Um, I have some tips with that. Um, you want to make sure you don't change the household environment too much. If you have runners or carpets, uh, area rugs that help with the texture and the feel a blind dog will find their way around better if you can give them a sort of path to follow. And that might be by texture, by a, a rug. It can also be by scent. And I had one client who recently used va- uh, lavender um, and vanilla to help guide the dog to certain areas in the home. So they kind of scent marked where the food bowl was. They scent marked where the door was with different scents. And that actually helps the dog find her way through the home. So, you know, all's not lost if her vision is lost. That, that, that's what I was really worried about because uh, we live on 44 acres and I'm afraid of her going out in the, cause it's like wooded. I'm afraid of her yeah. going out in the woods and, uh, getting lost and <laughs> I'm about to find her. Yeah. And I'd have to say a blind dog has no business being out in the woods alone. So that is a lifestyle yeah. adjustment. Yeah, you you have to make that conscious decision for her, and I would not allow her unsupervised outside. That just there's too many things that could happen, and just like people in you know suburban areas, pools, horrible thing for a dog with 
limited vision. So you really have to have safety um, steps around that. So yeah, no, I, I'd say you're you're going to have to be her special caregiver and make sure that you have an indoor environment you can keep her safe. Yeah, well, I started tying her up, you know, put her on a chain when she goes out. I don't uh, well, I, I'm not a fan of tying her up. No, no, I'd say keep the baby indoor or find her like a way you can create a, a dog pen for her because um, that can be very frustrating to be tied up, um, especially if you have limited vision and you can hear things, but you can't really kind of figure out what's in your immediate environment. So um, okay. it, it will take special care and it will take you kind of figuring out what can work for her in her home environment. Um, but I think you have to kind of think of her as a special needs dog at this point and you can't treat her like you used to treat her or you would treat another dog. Um, so keep that in mind as you're taking care of her and uh, you know giving her the care she needs from here forward. So I hope that's okay. some help for you and you know check out some of those funds and call around. Um, there are certainly other board certified veterinary ophthalmologists in your area, so um, you're a consumer and uh, pick up that phone and check those out. Thank you so much for your call and give that baby a pat on the head for us here at Animal Radio. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability, how about low libido, or weight gain? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it can be practically impossible to get relief from these problems. But you're in luck. Because Amberin can help you balance hormones and relieve your hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability, and other symptoms of menopause. And now you can finally lose weight. Yes, even that stubborn body fat with Amberin Weight Loss, a powerful new product that will help you get the results you want. So you can finally lose the weight and all those other awful menopause symptoms. Call now and ask how you can get your free sample of Amber and Weight Loss. Just call 1-800-245-9551. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Call Amber and right now, 1-800-245-9551. That's 1-800-245-9551. 1-800-245-9551. Hey, this is Guy Fieri. Now, when your recipe calls for red peppers, chili powder, garlic, and onions, you got the start of some awesome chili and maybe some heartburn, if that's the case. Roll out the Rolaids liquid. Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. New Rolaids liquid gets you back in the action fast. Even when your worst heartburn symptoms flare up, Rolaids liquid dual active formula coats and soothes for rapid relief. New Rolaids liquid in your choice of mint or cherry. Use as directed. R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Now that's how you spell relief. It's Animal Radio, and in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to the guy who owns Chaser. That's the dog that knows a thousand words. Very smart dog, and in fact, knows these words that you can't even spell these words in front of the <laughs> dog knows how you're spelling. Does that happen with you, with your dog? You take him for a walk. I'm going to take him for a W-A-L-K. He knows, and then you, you start spelling it backwards, and they get that, too. They are so smart. We're going to find out just how smart in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Dr. Debbie probably has the second best job in the world. 
I, I, I won't argue on that second part. I don't know. I'm feeling my age anymore. Now these, I, I went to a conference the other day and so many young looking veterinarians out there and I had a very youthful face, but my gosh, they're baby face now. <laughs> Well, you get paid to actually play with pets all day. Well, not play, but take care of them, be with them, have fun with them, and save their lives. We do more than that, yeah. Yeah, You you do save their (laughs) lives. But our next guest, Dr. Cindy Bressler, she not only is a veterinarian, but she gets to travel on luxurious aircraft with the the jet sets. Is that what they call it? Jet sets. And in fact, she has a company called Jet Set Vets, and we welcome her to the show. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? God, that's genius. Hi, how are you? Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so now tell us, what is it you do exactly? Exactly. I have a, practice, a veterinary practice in Manhattan and also in the Hamptons in New York. Okay. And over the, I have a house call practice. So over the years, I have worked with a certain clientele where a few, a few times over the years, I have been asked to accompany pets who are sick on private jets with some of my clients. Wow. fly with them. So they, when they needed to be transported, if they needed to be in the hospital, usually people think that you have to keep them in the hospital and they can't leave the hospital until they're better. But a lot of people wanted to fly or return to Los Angeles from New York or go to London with their dog or their cat. And if they were on IV fluids or oxygen, we would actually take the fluids and the oxygen on the plane with them, continue their medical treatment during the flight, and then either and then continue it at their home or transport them to another specialty hospital upon the destination. So since we've been commissioned for that, we decided that there was a need for it, not a great need, you know, it's a specialty service. So we created Jet Set Bats last year to be able to do that. And not every pet can fly if they're sick. It just depends on the situation. So you're really kind of a vet to the stars. Well, not not just the stars. We work with many different people. But yes, because of my house call concierge-style practice in New York and the Hamptons, I have had the opportunity to meet different clients and celebrities or high-profile people from around the world. That's a genius yeah. idea. Did really you get that idea from Royal Pains? Did you watch Royal Pains no, and get actually, that idea? I've been doing it for 10 years. So Wow. Uh, we think that the idea was, you know, was noticed in the Hamptons between between myself and another practitioner, and we've been asked to do shows over the years, but they, we don't know if it's, you know, definitely related, but we were doing it before Royal Pain started. How, That's genius. How equipped are you to handle emergencies if something should need, like emergency surgery or something while you're in the air? We don't do, we cannot do surgery in the air. We would make an emergency landing if the pet needed surgery, but we would assess the situation beforehand. So if we think that the pet would need surgery or if the flight is too long for a very critical animal, we would not take them on the plane. Mm-hmm. So we would make, we, we are connected to many major specialty veterinary hospitals around the world, including veterinary schools and connected to veterinarians who are aware of the service who can take over because you have to be licensed to practice wherever you are. You, there, there's no licensing issue when you're in the airspace, but once you get to the destination, you have to have a, you have to have a license in that area. Uh-huh. We've connected with different specialty hospitals and veterinary schools around the world to be prepared to handle the transport of these patients. You're a vet in New York, but if you land in California, you can't actually physically work on an animal. That's correct, unless I have a license in California. Uh-huh. So Dr. P- I work with Dr. Patrick Mahaney, who is a has the same type of house call practice, concierge practice that I do in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And we actually share mutual clients, and he would take over the case in Los Angeles. How many flights like this do you do a year? This is a very specialized service, so I would. We, it's probably, it's not even one every month. It depends on the need for the pets, and also if the client can afford to take the private plane, because it is a private jet. 
we would love to do it on, you know, regular air flights, but there's no space. And when you have the private jet and you have the room in the cabin to be right there with the pet and to have the fluid pump or the oxygen or whatever they need, then you can, you know, provide those services. You can't really do it on a commercial flight, at least not at this time. You know what I like, Doc, is that you've presented this in a, a very professional way. And I think a lot of, and I could hear it in Hal's voice, he thought this was just a fun type thing you do. And, and <laughs> you have a very... No, 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 I wasn't saying that, but go ahead. But no, I mean, she, <laughs> she has a very daunting task. I mean, what I do in a, in a setting, in a physical setting, is challenging enough. But to be responsible for a life in the air with, you know, minimal equipment sometimes. You don't have that x-ray machine with you. I mean, I think it is an amazing responsibility, and um, you know, I, I, I applaud you for this, and I'm sure what you do is not easy. <laughs> no, you have to actually, you know, you really have to think the situation through from start to finish. What exactly will you need? do you need? What may, you know, what are the things that you may need when you're there? Is it really appropriate for the animal to travel? We're not going to bring an animal on the plane if they really need to be in the ICU. Sure. So when I'm looking at the cost, budgeting it out and everything, the, the plane will cost me about how much? The plane, depending on the size of the plane, um, we actually work with Blue Star Jets, which is a private jet chartering charter company in New York City. They fly all around the world. You can get a jet from like a small, medium, or a large jet anywhere from 1000 to, I think, somewhere around $15,000 an hour depending on where you're going. Okay, and then what do you we charge? We charge separately okay. for our time. So the veterinarians charge about approximately $200 an hour to be wow. there with them for our time. And then any other medical treatment, catheters, fluids, oxygen, those are additional, but the same cost as it would be in a hospital. In New, uh, like New York or Los Angeles prices, I guess. i got to say, I thought you would charge more per hour. That's that's pretty good. It would be a lot more, well, too. We have yeah. to, we, the technician is also, we, there's a charge for the technician as well, mm-hmm. which is an hourly charge, but you know, you have to be able to provide the service. You can't, you know, you can't charge an exorbitant amount where it's not realistic. Sure. Absolutely genius. You have one story that I want you to share with listeners before you go about the dog that was about to give birth. Uh, there, well, I did fly a few times with a client of mine back and forth from Los Angeles to New York because they wanted to have somebody on the plane in case the dog went into labor. And we just were monitoring. That's the situation where we were prepared for the birth in case there, in case we had to deliver the puppies. But it, it actually never happened on the plane. The puppies were delivered in New York City. So we didn't have to worry about it. But I, I did want to mention one more thing mm-hmm. about that set that is we try to give back to animals in need. So we do take a portion of the booking flight that uh, Jets at Vets gets and we donate it to the animal charity of choice of the person who's flying. So that's, that's one cool. We wanted to find a way to possibly be able to donate a large amount of money per flight to a charity of their choice, or if not, we rotate it through different animal charities around the world. And you're doing great work. Is there a Thank website you. where we could learn more about this? Yes, you can go to jetsetvets.com, and it will take you to the Blue Star Vets homepage, which homepage the Jets at Vets on Blue Star Jets, which will explain everything. And if somebody wants to book a flight with Jets at Vets, they can contact myself in New York. The information is on the Just the Best page or Dr. Mahaney in Los Angeles or just one of us to fly anywhere else around the world. 
And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Thank you so much for spending time with us, Dr. Cindy Bressler. And now, Dr. Debbie, you understand why I say you have the second best job? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's well, thank amazing. You guys for what a great us. niche. We appreciate it. You're spreading the word about that for us. We'll head back to the phones next, one 405 8405 Yes, sir? You see, you see I'm, uh, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, this woman is brilliant. She comes up with an idea that it's just brilliant. Brilliant. Why can't we come up with an idea like this? I mean, well, we're, you, you guys are smart. I mean, what a great idea. Royal Payne's got the idea from her. She'd been asked that question before, you can tell. Which? When I said, did you get the idea from Royal Pains? You know what oh. Royal Pains is, Deb? I've seen it advertised. I've never watched it. but Yeah, it's about the same kind of thing. They're concierge. He's a concierge doctor in the Hamptons. And, you know, he saves everybody. I mean, but, you know, it's, it's kind of wild. That what she's doing be a tough is gig, though, man. Some of those clients would be the most difficult ones to please. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you got one thing going for you. You know, they're not going to treat you like they're going to treat like a maid, uh, you know, treat a maid because you are a doctor and they are looking Bull to you crap. for help. Bull right? crap. Bull crap. Well, you don't have to, oh. you don't have to deal with those, those difficult people. Yes, you so, do. Hey, you know, what do you think? I live you know? in a bubble? Oh, I oh, guarantee you, know? you, she has stories of people treating her like a maid. I will guarantee you. I get it. I, I have it happen those here. People off. If they're paying you 25 grand to take their donkey coast to coast, I don't know. That might be hard to do. I'd be like, you know, I'm not working with you. You talk to me with dignity and respect, whatever those things mean. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'll stand up for myself. Well, see, I'm a New Yorker, though, Debbie. I'm not going to put up with you. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability. How about low libido or weight gain? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it can be practically impossible to get relief from these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin can help you balance hormones and relieve your hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability, and other symptoms of menopause. And now you can finally lose weight. Yes, even that stubborn body fat with Ambrin Weight Loss, a powerful new product that will help you get the results you want. So you can finally lose the weight and all those other awful menopause symptoms. Call now and ask how you can get your free sample of Amber and Weight Loss. Just call 1-800-245-9551. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Call Amber and right now, 1-800-245-9551. That's 1-800-245-9551. 1-800-245-9551. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-855-645-MY-TV. The more cable TV... TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-645-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-645-MYTV. 1-855-645-MYTV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-645-MYTV. 1-855-645-MYTV. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. 
I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, there's new meaning to how the chicken crossed the road. I think we finally have the answer. He wore a high visibility jacket. <laughs> Seriously, a British company is looking to keep chickens crossing the road safe. The high vis chicken jacket by Omelette. Uh, also makes chicken coops, by the way. They're made from reflective material to keep chickens safe at night. The jacket's equipped with two holes for the chicken's wings, and it's fastened with Velcro. It's also insulated, so chickens wandering around on cold nights will be warm. The high-visibility chicken jacket runs your chicken about 20 bucks. Well, for the last time in less than a month, a rare oarfish has washed up on the California coast. The second carcass of this huge eel-like species was found on the beach in Oceanside, California. The 14-foot fish was discovered just a few days after a marine instructor snorkeling off Santa Catalina Island saw a dead 18-foot oarfish in the shallow water. The two discoveries of this rare, huge fish are highly unusual, according to scientists. The University of California Santa Barbara research biologist Milton Love suspects that the death of the giant fish are not coincidental, but he says he doubts that humans had anything to do with their deaths. They also think that these are where the tales of sea serpents originated from. Man's best friend could be on the cutting edge of cancer research with their apparent ability to detect, to, uh, rather detect changes in their owners. There have been plenty of stories of people whose dogs have changed their behavior when they've developed a disease or cancer. Dr. Cindy Otto of the University of Pennsylvania is working to detect cancer in humans with the use of dogs called super sniffers. She says dogs' noses have millions more odor detectors than humans. Well, there's a French bank, and apparently they've had to do a lot of apologizing lately. They posted an inappropriate picture on their Facebook account. According to the local dot frere, the bank says that they were trying to take advantage of social media networks when they posted a picture that seemed to show a squirrel with its testicles caught on a bird feeder. That would hurt, the, especially if the, you know, the bird thought those were little nuts. The picture was accompanied with a message promoting insurance that will cover any temporary injury. The bank says they regret the posting that it hurt their Facebook followers and any potential customers. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterandSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Shaquille O'Neal for Icy Hot Advanced Cream. I know all about living with pain. After 19 years of pro ball, man. But now I'm feeling awesome. Icy Hot Advanced Relief is the real deal. Icy Hot Advanced Cream has two maximum strength ingredients to last up to 50% longer. Works great on shoulders, backs, knees, even arthritis. Icy to dull the pain and hot to relax it away. Come on now. Advance past pain and get on with living. Icy Hot Advanced. Available in cream and patch. Pain over. Use only as directed. It's me, your bathroom medicine cabinet. I see you naked, know how often you floss, and watch you pluck unsightly hairs. I can keep a secret, but you need to know. Your kids have been taking your prescriptions to get high. 
I couldn't keep it quiet because prescription drug abuse now causes more deaths than cocaine and heroin ODs combined. So please, mind your meds. For tips on safeguarding your meds and your family, visit the partnership at drugfree.org. Wherever you are right now, right this moment, you've never been closer to saving a child. Every minute, malaria claims another life. But donating just $1 provides a life-saving test and treatment for one child in Africa. $1 given, one child saved. We have the tools to ensure no child dies from a mosquito bite. $1 at a time, one child at a time. That's the power of one. Save a life now by donating a dollar at peel1.org. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Toll free 1-866-405-8405, my friend. The whole Dream Team's here. You think you have a smart dog? I think Ladybug's pretty darn smart. Oh, she is. She understands a lot of what I'm saying and a lot of what I'm thinking. What about Rudy? Rudy smart? Do you think Rudy's a sharp dog? So I think he's smart? What do you mean smart? Do I think he can do math? No, he can't do math. How smart do you want to know? What What is smart? What does that mean? Well, does he know any words? I mean, if you say, knows, yeah, let's yeah. go for a walk, does he know what you mean? He knows words, yes. He does know. Dogs are capable of learning words. They can learn, like, lots of words, but they don't know, you know, sentences and conversation and stuff like that. Does he ever do anything where you have to actually spell out the word because he already knows the word? Like, I'm yes. going to take you for a W-A-L-K, and then he knows what yes. that means? <laughs> no, no. He Well, you know what? I don't think he's put that together yet, but uh, he knows a lot of things because all they do is watch you. And so people think they understand the language. A lot of times it's actually what you're doing with your body that cues them in on what you're going to, you know, what you're, if you're going to leave the house, they see you pick up your keys that, oh, he's so smart. He knows I'm leaving the house I just talked about. No, he sees you pick the keys up and he knows. <laughs> you hear the story about Chaser, this dog that knows a thousand words. Wow. It's what a, kind of dog is that? It's a Border Collie. Very, yeah, very, very it. smart dog. And uh, I believe it was a couple of years ago that we first heard about this dog. And since then, the owner, John Pilly, who's joining us, has written a book about Chaser, along with Hillary Heinzman, who's also joining us. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hope you are. So your Border Collie is Chaser, who was a dog that uh, you got after uh, another one of your dogs passed, about 10 years after, actually. There was kind of a big space in between. Did your that's wife get Chaser for your birthday? Oh, that's right. Rich, uh, my wife knew me better than I knew myself. <laughs> the loss of the Yasha for about had for faithful companion for eighteen years. Uh, I just yeah. said I won't get another dog. Yeah, I know it could be. I, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Hey, be careful, guys, during this interview because Hal only knows five hundred words. Yeah. So <laughs> you decided it was your mission to teach Chaser as many words as you could. Well, the year we brought Chaser into our home as a member of the family in two thousand and four was a year that Kaminsky over in Germany. Uh, published in Science Magazine that a dog by the name of Rico knew 200 words. And I had tried 10 years before, while I was still teaching, to teach dogs the names of objects, but was totally unsuccessful. So when we got Chaser, we tried a different technique, and lo and behold, the technique was one that worked very, very effectively, and by the fifth month of her life, she had learned that objects have names, she learns the cues that we give her to enable her to associate the name with the object. And when that happened, 
he was able to learn the names of objects on one trial. Wow. Wow. Now, she always needed rehearsal. <laughs> but we did a little experiment to demonstrate that she was learning just hearing that object name one time. To understand that she actually eventually started to learn sentences. Well, that's our latest study that's just been published this month with learning and motivation. In this study, we replicated what has been done with dolphins and also with chimpanzee. We challenged her to learn a simple three-element of grammar sentence, such as to ball take frisbee and the insert in inverse to frisbee take ball. And we really did not shape her. We did set this such a situation up uh, to enhance her learning, but she slowly figured it out as we presented those types of sentences to her. Now, do you think it was your technique, or is she just one of the breeds that's a very intelligent breed? Could you have done this with any other type of dog? Well, Chasa had learned the ABCs. You couldn't start off trying to teach uh, syntax or teach semantics. Uh, you have to start off with your ABCs, with learning the names of, of verbs, and like learning the names of objects like we did do. But we feel that the ABCs that we use, taking her from one level to another, first she had to learn two words, uh, a verb and a noun, and to associate those such that each one had meaning. Hillary, would you like to say something along here? Well, I'll just, I'll just jump in and say, too, that I think the, what, what is different about what John did is in terms of the technique that could be applied to other dogs and, and who knows with what success is to use play to give the names of uh, objects and give verbs to value in Chaser's mind. And, uh, John, maybe you should talk a little bit about how you did that. Well, in order... To motivate a dog to listen to words, somehow or another words have to take on value. Well, our method was to take an object like a ball and we play with her like any dog would like to play, chase, catch, uh, keep away, such that by playing with her, that object took on value. And then once that took on value, then the word, if the object playing with the object depended upon, depended upon the word, then the words took on value. Uh, a lot of dog owners fail to recognize this, even even animal trainers. Mm -hmm. yep. The words have to take on value, and they take on value when the object takes on value. That makes sense. It does make sense, and it works. In your book, Chaser, do you teach people how they can do this with their own dog? Well, in our, in our book, we think that we make this very clear, very explicit in the steps that we use to teach Chaser. It's a simple procedure, just playing with the dog, yep. with objects. An object takes on value, and then before you throw the object out, you just show the object to the dog uh, and then just give it its name. This is Santa Claus. <laughs> and then you pair that name with the play, with that object, over and over again, until hopefully at some point, like with Chaser in her fifth month, the dog will have that aha learning. And one thing that's I've wonderful that about this, I mean, this is conceptual learning, too. And like, so Chaser learned the concept that these objects or toys could have unique names. And then the verbs and the other words that John used together with the object, they all began to take on value because of the association with the toy and with the play. Mm -hmm. I've, I've done the same thing with my, my dog's red ball, white ball, and his tire. The same thing you're talking about. Oh, neat. Super, super. 
It's a great book, a great story. I encourage listeners to pick up Chaser, Unlocking the Genius of the Dog Who Knows a Thousand Words. I have ten copies right here. In fact, I'll give no, them away right now. You have nine, nine copies. Nine. I'm going to teach Ladybug a thousand she, words. Yeah. A thousand and one. La- Ladybug's going to teach Hal how to talk. Okay, great. Toll free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. right now. If you don't get through, head on over to your bookstore or Amazon and, and look it up and get it there. It's Unlocking the Genius of a Dog Who Knows a Thousand Words. It is a bestseller. Good book. Joining us, John Pilly and Hillary Heinzman. Hillary's my co-writer. Without Hillary, the story wouldn't be nearly as uh, clear and, and amazing. I have a wingman, too, Alan. <laughs> yes, he's my wingman. Uh, yeah. he, he makes me look good. You know, that's that's ingenious. And you know, you know what it comes down to, guys, you know, what those two gentlemen were talking about? It's spending time with your dog. Because, you know, I, I've got all these toys scattered around the yard, and he'll pick up this tire and bring it to me, and I'll go, uh-uh. I'll go, red ball, red ball, red ball. And and then he looks at me, and then he realizes if he wants me to play, if, I, if he wants me to play with him, he's got to go get that red ball. And I, you know, just repetition, he's figured out there's a red ball, there's a white ball, there's a tire, and I can I can ask him to get any one of them because he knows when he brings them to me, I'm going to play with that object. I'm going to throw it for him, and it gives it value, just like those guys said. It's true. Ladybug has a flea, and I tell her to go get her flea, and if she brings back something else, I just uh uh-uh, uh go get the flea, and she'll keep going, and she'll come back with the flea. Her little stuffed, you it's a stuffed animal. They're smart little creatures, and it's a great way to bond with your animal, to sit there and work with them. And, and it's fun, too, to name objects and see how they pick up on it and watch their little brains. And it's so much just, fun. They're like sponges. The they just want to absorb. You, you know what the best thing about dogs is? They don't talk. And they don't roll their eyes. Animal Radio is brought to you by Natural Balance Pet Food, the finest food you can buy for the health of your pet. No matter which line of Natural Balance Pet Food you choose, you know it will truly be the food for a lifetime. Visit www.naturalbalance.net to learn more. Ah, uh, let's see. How about Tina? Hi, Tina. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. How can we help you? Well, I adopted a cat. Oh, about a year ago, and he's a mixed Maine Coon, he's neutered, he's an absolutely wonderful boy, until this last couple months, and he started pulling his hair out towards his hind end. Now, he's not mm. bald by any means, but he's pulling it around his tail, around his back end, and you can feel these little scabs. So I took okay. him to the vet, I took him to the vet, and they ran blood tests, they checked everything, he's not hurting, he's not nothing, they think it's behavioral. So how do I make him stop doing this? Because it's cups <laughs> of hair everywhere. Yeah, and it's only on the like on his rump area. Is it anywhere else on his body? His rump area and the base of his tail. Now he's probably about twenty five pounds. So I, I, and and he gets brushed daily. I mean, there's no matting. I cannot figure this boy out. Okay, so you you brought up some things that your veterinarian has already screened for, things like pain. Um, undiagnosed pain can definitely cause cats to do something like that, as well as other type of health problems internally, bladder problems. I would look on the outside, and I'm assuming also they looked for things like fleas, um, yeah, types of skin no mites, and ringworm. Those kind of things also come to mind with a kind of a patchiness and an itchiness back there. You know, and then if everything else on a diagnostic workout has turned up clean and we can't find a good medical reason for this, then there's kind of two different avenues that I would look at. One would be I would work on the possibility of allergies. And okay. food allergies, seasonal allergies, they can all get mixed up together in how they affect the body, but animals tend to 
chew, scratch, lose hair while we're off having hay fever signs. Um, so things that you can try in the meantime would be a food allergy trial and basically going to a type of a diet that is geared for a pet with a skin problem. And what they basically will be is two different methods, what we call a novel protein, which means it's based out of ingredients that the kitty's never really seen before and hopefully they are not allergic to. Things like rabbit, duck, um, very unusual things that they might have in their world. And you try a food trial with that for about four to eight weeks. There's some other diets it's called hydrolyzed protein diets. And I find a lot of kitties with some of these weird skin problems, that's the first thing that I like to do before we get into medications and uh, things like that. Now, if we were suspicious about allergies, in some cases we'll use medicines like steroids to give them a, a try to see if we see an improvement with that. And that might be something, if everything is checked out clear, that y- you may want to consider that as well. Okay. Now, there's another whole class of skin problems that I look at, and they're called psychogenic alopecia. And it basically makes it almost sound like it's a mental illness. (laughs) But... In, in a sense, it kind of is. There are some cats that have a behavioral-driven problem where they over-groom and self-mutilate almost. Um, for those kitties, we try a lot of different remedies from anti-itch medicines, steroids, to seizure medicines, behavioral medicines. And a lot of kitties will just kind of jump around and try different things until we find something that works. So either I'd say the allergy aspect or the this, this psychogenic alopecia would be the different directions I might be looking here for your baby. Okay, that sounds great. I will try them. This is Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Stella and Chewy's in the brand new intro pack. For $4.99, you could. Check out all the flavors Stella and Chewy's has to offer. The Chewy's Chicken Dinner, the Simply Venison, the Super Beef, or the Duck Duck Goose, or the Phenomenal Pheasant. My personal favorite right Aren't there. Aren't those great names? Four ninety nine picks up these little 8.5-ounce packages, and you could try them out before you invest in the bigger packages for your dog. I'm telling you, it's great food. The official fo- food of Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, and she looks magnificent. Can you hold her up to the microphone so people can see? Look at her coat. Look how Isn't shiny. shiny? She's very healthy. <laughs> And you hear that bark? It just sounds so healthy. <laughs> Check it out, StellaandChewies.com. And let's yap with Bill. We have uh, Dr. Debbie. This this one's for you. Hey, Bill. All right. Hi. How you all doing? Great. Good. Great. Yes, uh, I'll call and I got two dogs. One's a lab beagle mix, seven years old. The other one's a shih tzu Maltese mix. She's also seven years old. Okay. My problem, and what's going my on? Problem is well, they both seem to be having uh, um, something with their with their skin, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The, the, the little Shih Tzu, she'll chew herself right raw toward her back end, and okay. they they uh, the lab doesn't chew herself raw, but she's constantly trying to bite herself, like in her rear, and she always wants me to. When I'm home, she always wants me to be scratching her rear end. Okay. okay kind of that now, special uh, spot where you, you scratch and the back leg goes. And... <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is now, on her belly, the, on the lab, on her belly, she's got a little bit of a growth there toward her back, okay. uh, 
like in her pit there on the one back leg. Okay. But then she's got like uh, uh, tags, skin tags, oh, under okay. both under both of her front legs. They don't seem to bother her. Okay. But it's this other, it's breaking out in this constant itch and carry on. And I call because the vet that I've used for 20 years just retired. Oh, okay. And, and the vets here, I live in, in upstate New York. And these people want $100 just to bring the dog in. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> you well, know, so I have you tried any remedies as far as, um, at least with your previous veterinarian, to tackle this problem? Or is this just a new onset of problem? No, what I've been doing is I've been bathing them when I get home because I'm I'm on the road all the time. But I bathe them, uh, you know, with a, a dog shampoo. Okay. And, and then I've been using hydrocordone spray. Okay. That seems how's to that help. help. It seems to help the itch a, a bit. Although the lab, it doesn't help her butt at all. She mm, just okay. goes nuts with that sometimes. And I remember the vet told me something about a, a gland just inside of her of her butt. Sure, yep. And he said okay. if you took, took and, and run your finger around that and cleaned it out or whatever, it would help. I'm scared yeah. to <laughs> I'm quite hurt. I don't blame you. You know, it sounds quite uh, unpleasant when we describe the, the anal gland expression process. Uh, yeah. But th- those glands are sitting, you know, on either side of the anal area and they definitely can cause problems where dogs will lick, scoot, drag their bottom. Well, and, um, yeah. That's so that kind of thing. For for the best uh, health of your relationship with your dog, I recommend taking her either to a vet or a groomer and having that done. There are folks that do this at home, but, you know, there's kind of that, uh, what I call a breakdown in that bond. You know, like, really? Do you you got to do that to me, Dad? It's, it's just... Uh... <laughs> but, yeah, that would be definitely something simple to have addressed and taken a look at. Now, in the area where you're at, with having both dogs with these symptoms, i got to say, vigilant flea control is going to be really very, very important and even if you don't see fleas you're in an area where i'd still worry about that so if you haven't been using a regular product i would consider using something especially some of the different topicals that you can apply once a month and one that we use pretty readily is advantix 2 um, which has some nice sustained uh, protection Um, you want to do that but also make sure we're not missing some really serious medical problems and it might be worthwhile to pick up that phone and call around see if you can find a vet that's kind of more in your mindset and maybe your budget of what you, you want to have done, but I think it'll be real important to make sure these babies don't have something else going on, like other types of skin mites or an allergy or an infection that we need to be trying some different things. And I, the hydrocortisone spray is a great short-term fix, but if we really have a proven itch that continues despite that, th- then there's got to be some other ways that we get around that. And for me, I like to sample the skin. I like to look at what's on the surface of a critter. Um, so sometimes even just for a vet to get their eyeballs on a pet, it can make a big difference in giving you that direction if continuing down what you're doing is, is right or if we need to add in something 
something else along the way. Um, but as far as like the anal glands, gosh, yeah, you know, any kind of butt scooting and licking, that would be, uh, you know, number one thing on my, uh, white glove, uh, test <laughs> there. Sure. And, and yeah. Hal always laughs because I sl- slap, uh, that white glove on quite a bit here in my <laughs> office. But you know, these kind of gland things can be a real problem, um, and kind of a silent problem for many dogs where they may not even show symptoms. So, yeah, I think it'd be worthwhile to get these babies into the vet there. Okay. I appreciate right. your call today, Bill. All right, thank you guys. I listen to you every Saturday. I wish you was on all the time. So, so do we. So because we. we could be, we could buy yachts and mansions and all kinds of things if we were on all the time. Hey, listen, let us know if that works. If you have any problems, uh, give us a call back. If you uh, if you can't find a vet there, there's a good list over at AnimalRadio.com. And okay. Shop around. Find a vet that you like and, and one that fits your budget. Let them know because it's hard economic times for all of us. You know, they understand. I, I like. I like this vet that I had because he had horse uh, race horses. He did. Yeah. yeah, he owned race horses, and I used to go up to his farm all the time, you know, and and that's how he became acquainted with him. But you know, because him and I both love horses so much, horses and dogs. Horses and dogs. What a good combination. Hey, thanks for listening. Well, that's all we have time for today. Hey, thanks for joining us. Remember to join us over at the website at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. You can ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or Alan Cable or Joey Volani or Joey Turner right from the app. We'll catch you right here next week for more Animal Radio on this fine station. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye, Wanachi. We're done. I'm done. We're done. This is Animal Radio Network.